This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for News, the Adam Finn Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Battle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. Got the co-host, Sean, in here. How you doing, Sean? Doing very well. Thank you very much. We also have one of our other Paddle and Fin hosts in here, Mr. Armando. Welcome back to the show, sir. What's up, guys? Honored to be here. Love to be back. My favorite segment on Paddle and Fin, for real. I tell that to... Dan Perry and everybody. <laughs> Not for real. That's the one that well, got you, me too. You used to do a segment somewhat like this on your your show, right? Oh, yeah, when I was time. before I joined Panel for Kayak Fishing One Hundred One, it was inspired by you guys. Yeah, Not that I didn't think trying, I could do it any better. It was thunder. just like I want to do. I want to do that. <laughs> it started with me trying to learn to do bass fishing. It was like you know what? If I can get this, uh, you know, PKAs, professional kayak anglers, to, you know. Send some information my way. What, what better way than to, you know, sucker them into doing an interview and then just <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's how Bass Fishing for Noobs get started because I yeah. sucked terribly at fishing. <laughs> and, you know, I 
figured, you know, if I can get some people to listen to it and get some good fishermen to come on, you know, maybe I can learn but something. But you know, some other people learn something. You know, when I, you're obviously a lot better angler than you were when you started the podcast because you used to listen. Well, I still listen better. to your podcast, but I, I started listening to your podcast and what I found about it. And that's at first when I wanted to do my segment of kayak fishing one one. I figured, well, I don't know anything about. I mean, I don't know that much. How am I? How dare do I tell people what to fish? But once that I one of the things that I liked about your podcast is that you were relatable. I could understand the language that you were talking because other podcasts, not necessarily kayak fishing, because I think you're the only one out there that teaches kayak fishing. But when I listen to other podcasts about learning kayak fishing or learning fishing in general like there's a bunch of stuff that a bunch of terms that i was like seriously i don't know what they're talking about like i was couldn't relate because it was like information based on the assumption that you already have a certain knowledge about bass fishing so to me it was kind of hard so when i started listening to the noob segment i was like i like this because i can relate to ryan because ryan dumbs it down the way that I can understand it. And that's why I started doing the kayak fishing one-on-one because I figured, you know, I, I don't know a lot, but if I can get some pro anglers to come and talk about it and I can ask the questions that a newbie that doesn't know anything about bass fishing would ask. I look at it now and I'm thinking, man, I asked some dumb questions in the sense that I like looking at it back now, like two years later, I'm like, man, I, I used to ask some simple questions, but that's what a lot of people are trying to get in bass fishing need to know, you know. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and that's yeah. that was my goal is like, I was the same way. I don't understand what you're talking about. Now, I don't know what a hump or a point is. You know, I don't yeah. understand all this stuff. Break, break it down for me. That's kind of. By the way, that uh, video he posted like two weeks ago, Fish, fish, fish in the Moment, um, mm-hmm. this young kid, the one that he explained Contours line. Like, I thought I knew a lot of, and there's nothing really that I didn't know already, but it was like a good refresher training kind of video on YouTube, like reading contour maps and, you know, this this, uh, difference between like, and I don't remember all the time, a drop from a ledge or from a a bank, you know, a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, that's a lot of great information. That's one of my favorite ones to learn. But again, because I've learned enough to understand what he's talking about. Right, right. We've reached out out to him a ton of times. I think he'd be a great guy to come on. We just got to talk him into it. So, but I was the same way. Uh, I remember, you know, way back one of the first interviews we did when I started was with one brute, and he's talking about ledge fishing in the Susquehanna. And I had heard that term a million times, but to have him go through and explain exactly what is a ledge, and not only what is it, but how you should fish it, where you should position, you know, what you should look for above the water to know what's below the water. Um, that's the kind of things that's kind of why I wanted to get on here is to be able to ask those kind of questions. Cause you know, you can hear that term thrown around a million times and you're like, Oh yeah, I should be ledge fishing. But until you know what it is and how you actually go about it, uh, you know, that's a big difference. So, so you know cool. what, uh, but 
I was going to say the Susquehanna has ledges. Yeah, I thought it was oh, yeah. like a foot deep. I don't know if a foot drop can. <laughs> <laughs> at times, at times, in places, it has uh, a foot drop off, but it is very rocky. Um, I I can't remember the reason why. I think it has to do with how it was formed, but it does have a lot of ledges. You know what? One of the subjects that got me really like like gave me a headache just thinking about it was watching videos trying to determine what the difference is between a fast action rod and a heavy rod. Like I understood the concept of fast, medium action and to all those terms. And then, but I was like, okay, if that's what it is, then what is a medium rod, a light rod, a heavy rod? Like I took me so much learning that. I watch Fluke Master. I watch a ton of videos trying to understand I got headaches just trying to figure out well, what's the difference. What's you know until I finally once I started fishing and watching more videos and getting different rods, I was like, okay, now I understand I what this all meant. But at the beginning, I felt like an idiot. Yeah, the the whole action like the <clears throat> moderate, moderate, fast, fast, uh, all that. Man. I just you know really started paying attention to that last year. I think like and that's when I really started dialing in. Like okay. Like, what do I want for this technique? Okay, I need a rod with that and so far and so forth. I actually had to go through this yesterday. I went to Bass Pro Shop with my dad. <clears throat> and uh, I'll be honest, I never felt like I knew what I was talking about more until I was telling my dad that the guy at Bass Pro Shop was wrong and telling him he needed a medium yeah. rod for a ned rig set up I'm like no get a medium light get a medium yep. light like you're i'm what i'm gonna set you up with is these little bitty hooks on these jigs like you're gonna rip their face <laughs> off with the medium and uh <clears throat> yeah I, I don't know it, it felt good like i felt like i knew what i was talking about then but man let me tell you my dad bought a rod and real you know my dad's always been like a cat fisherman he started bass fishing a little bit with me like just to go out with me and stuff and so he he don't know a whole lot about bass fishing you know a little bit but not a whole lot and you know he's getting into a little more and he bought him this combo it was a Daiwa spinning reel with a one of those Johnny Morris um, uh, rods <clears throat> dude we took it home got it strung up He's never used braid on a spinning combo, so I got him braid a floral leader on there. Dude, this thing casts so smooth. Like, it, it wasn't a cheap combo, but, man, you just barely that, and you go across his yard, and he's got a pretty big yard. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> dude, it's it's insane how smooth that, that combo is. I've seen those Johnny Morrises. I wondered how they were. Well, th- I've heard... Word, <clears throat> So this was one that was like uh, that rod was like in the 179 range. So it's not okay. like a cheaper one. I mean, it's not crazy expensive, but it's it's up there. But uh, dude, that that combo he's got, it, I, I don't know. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I mean, I, I finally got me a decent setup. That setup is nice. I was going to say that I think the Johnny Morris's lose um, at least the, I don't know if the rods are, but I've heard that the reels are just 
manufactured by Lose. Lose um, rebranded as Johnny Morris. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I understood. Because it's not that Bass Pro makes their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I understood. I don't know if the rod is a separate contract with somebody else, like Abu Garcia or something. Could be just the same as Lose, but yeah. I don't know. But, but yeah, I, I, from the beginning, I was a tackle junkie. As soon as I got into bass fishing, I, that's why I got so caught up. Like the first week that I started bass fishing, I got caught up with the whole um, heavy, moderate, fast, light, medium light. I got so caught up because I've always been a tackle junkie. Tell My wife will tell you I spend way too much on equipment. And I'm always like, I've never satisfied. I always want like the next reel, the next reel. And I was like, I never thought I'd become one of those guys. But I just love it. I mean, it's not that you need it to go bass fishing, but I just love doing it. Yeah. yeah I've, I've gotten to where, you know, all mine are pretty decent. Um, <clears throat> when I first started, man, I was, I bought the cheapest stuff I could buy. Like, oh, $30 brand new bait caster at Academy. Yeah, let me take it. Complete junk. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't recommend one of those reels to anybody. Like, the cheapest thing I, if, if you're first getting a bait caster and want something cheap, don't, like, don't want to put too much into it yet, a Boo Garcia Black Max is going to be the yep. cheapest thing that I'll tell you to go after as far as bait yep. casters go. Because that's a little silver, too. Yeah. Like, you, you're I started with the little silver. Okay. I, as soon as I got it, I was like, I'm not doing quantum. I already knew quantum was crap. I, that to me, that's my opinion. I was like, I'm not doing quantum. Me, don't no. Don't let Dan I, I got to I was a snob from the like my, my, my least, like my cheapest one was the Alu Silver. And then I got into when lose, I guess when, they, when the next generation, you know, you go to like Academy and, you know, they'll try to get, the old generations out that's when they were doing the orange crush and the green one yeah the max or those that those were my next reels i think i started with a black max and then i got a, a six gill reel uh baitcaster and then i finally got a cheaper shimano not not the crazy the Corrado or the dcs or anything but um and then i did get a dc then eventually so Working my way up through. <laughs> you don't need it's one of the things where you really don't need it as long as you don't go too cheap. Like right. my, my friend, my one of my yeah, best my friends won me got, yeah, one my one of my best friends that got me into fishing and kayak fishing. It's funny because now he has kids and he now he bought a boat because you know it's easier to take the kids on a boat than it's on a kayak because they're young. Um and it's funny because now he doesn't have that much money, so he still has his old equipment. So I'm just you know, handing down the stuff every time I upgrade my reel or my rods with Douglas Rod now, I give it to him. So he's super happy about it because he's like, man, I taught you how to fish and all that. And now you're the one to give me all this nice equipment because you upgrade. <laughs> so it's funny because he still has that same quantum he's had for the last five years, same rods. I'm like, dude, how can you fish with this? I can't cast this more than three feet. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I... I I told you all before we started recording, but I've got a little pu public service announcement that I want to go over right here. here. And I, I feel like this is the perfect place to do it since it's bass fishing for noobs. The noobs are the ones that need to hear this. 
This is directed towards y'all. I love y'all, but y'all need to hear this. <clears throat> so my PSA. If you're going to post on social media how much mm. your fish weighs, you need to have a scale and actually weigh it before you do that. <laughs> Buy a scale and a measuring board. Take it out with you whether you're in a tournament or not. That way you can actually get a feel for what size fish is what. Yeah, I, I, I'm not one of the people that comments on people's posts like telling yeah. them they're stupid or whatever for you know saying the wrong size but that fish is not 10 pounds that fish is more like four pounds just because it's the biggest fish you've ever seen i've been there does not mean that <laughs> it's the big like that big so like i said i'm not trying to I, i'm not trying to like hate, not hate anybody it. or nothing like that but you you you're making yourself look dumb doing that so just get a scale, please. They're not that expensive. You can get one at like Walmart for like fifteen bucks. Uh, yeah, you ain't even gotta have like a special measuring board. But if you want a special measuring board, uh, get a get a catch carbonate board. It's like thirty bucks. And uh, yeah, like just get proper weight and measurement on it before you. I mean, oh, man. That's more like a vent to the public terms announcement, but I agree. Yeah, I now, I, I'm guilty of that, though. Like, when I started, and thankfully, I didn't open my Instagram dedicated to fishing, like Bass, Kayak, and Beers. Shameless plug-in. You can follow me at Instagram, Facebook, Bass, Kayak, and Beers. But before that, I just had my private account. And I remember when I caught my first big fish. It was out of the pond um right he actually where were um john b from guggen squads used to live before he moved to that ranch i don't know if he still owns that house but he has a pond like in the neighboring area and i caught my biggest fish there um and it was it was honestly like four and a half maybe five pounds at that time when i took the picture and i sent it to my friend my friend um that got me into kayak fishing and bass fishing i told him like man it's gotta be 10 pounds you gotta be, no i told him it's gotta be eight pounds it's gotta be eight pounds i'm like Dude, that is at best at best five pounds like no you're crazy no and it's like and now that i've caught fish that i like actually weighted him i was like oh yeah that wasn't eight pounds at all <laughs> thank god I didn't. thank god my account was private back then because that was not even close to eight pounds not even close I, I i just had to say something about that because it seems to be happening more and more and as the weather warms up more of these like newer bass fishermen or the more casual bass fishermen are going to be getting out more. So it's going to happen more and more. So yeah. Just get a scale. Spend 15 bucks on on a scale, and that will save you the embarrassment or the ridicule you're going to get online whenever you post yeah. that. Or just don't say what the weight is. Just, just put it. Like, oh, I much, caught a good fish. How much say, do you think this weighs? Yeah, <laughs> or, or I caught a good fish today. Like people aren't going to ridicule you for that, but if you say you got a twelve pounder and it's a three pounder, then it's yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'll say this: know. I think a lot of time it's 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 just not that people want to lie; it's just lack of experience. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I don't think people are like thinking they're going to try to pull one over on nobody. I think they yeah. just don't realize that you know that fish can be pretty decent size and still you know only weigh five pounds you know or four pounds or whatever like a four pound fish i remember 
when I caught my first four pound fish. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like amazing. It, which I mean, it's four pound fish, that is a good fish to catch. But yeah, uh, definitely. Like even now, I'll take a four four pounders all day long. But uh, compared to, you know, the bigger fish, like it's not that big. Like, but uh, yeah, I just had to get that out of my system. There, <sighs> little detox inventing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had somewhere else I was gonna go where we. I don't know. We said something during that, and it made me think of something. No, I forgot it. <laughs> uh, so, what's next on the list? Oh, you you got a 360. I got the Hobie PA 14 360. Funny story is, Big um, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> I, it's, I gave you the long version just to, you know, fill time, but I'm currently on a leave of absence for work, paid leave of absence, you know, with the pandemic, I've been so many years in the company that I was in their top salary. So they were like, Hey, for the people that are in the top salary, we're going to give you, we're offering you a two year leave of absence. We'll pay you. I think it was like 35% of your salary and you don't have to come to work. I'm like, sweet. I'll take it. Cause I had everything paid off. You know, we didn't have me and my wife didn't have any debts. Fortunately, some of the investment that we did really paid off in, in last year. So we're able to pay off everything. So I said, heck yeah, I'm taking this. So I've been meaning to get, I started with the Outback, the 2019 Outback, and I love it. I still have it. Um, But the hole broke and um, thankfully uh, they honored the warranty. It was a crack on the scupper hole. But then like, I was thinking like, what am I gonna do while the hole gets here? Because I need a kayak for the tournaments. And then I get a letter, certified letter. My wife opened it. She's like, oh, you're not going to like this. I'm like, why? thought it was something like I missed like the IRS or something. I made a mistake <laughs> on my taxes. What happened? And it was like the company that I work for. It's like, you have to return to work. Things be packed up. And they underline it as per contract. And call you back at any time. So you need to report by April tomorrow, actually. Well, today, uh, April 26th, I got to go back to work. So I was like, okay, I'm going back to work. Sweet. I'm going, I'm going to get myself the PA 14360. Because I was like, man, I was supposed to have two years of paid leave of absence and they shortened it to six months. So I was like, well, I mean, as long as I'm gaining this extra money that I wasn't expected, I'm going to, I told my wife, I'm getting the PA 360. And it's a reason why I got it more than 360 is just because I, I can put my rods horizontally. The 360 was an addict. I could have gone with a native. You can do that on native. It's a lot cheaper. But that and the 360 was what I was like. No, I and I plus I love Hobies. And I was super happy with my Outback and the fact that, you know, they honored the warranty. So I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it. So I did. Um, I couldn't find any. Went to Pro Anglers right here in Texas, uh, Hearst, Texas, or North Richland Hills, Texas. They have one, the Green Camel. But they were missing the drive. The Hobie shipped everything but the drive. It was like, we don't have the drive here. As soon as the drive gets here, you know, we can sell it. So the guy, uh, Rick, was the owner, says, you want to um, make a down payment? I was like, no, because what if it takes too long and I can find it someplace else? So like, no, I'll wait. When, as soon as you get the drive, call me. I'll come pick it up. I'll pay and I'll come pick it up. So I went, like, I would check every week. So I went one week. Um, Rick wasn't there, one of the guys that worked there. And I says, hey, did you get the 360 drive? No. 
But the decision was taken that that Hobie Pro 360 is going to share Carbashian, which is uh, on the Hobie team. And it's one of the their, you know, uh, pro staff. So I was like, oh, but I got the money right here. I can pay. <laughs> I ran into Sherka Bashan at the, which I've met before, but I, I met, I ran into her at a boat show and I was like, you took my Hobie PA 360. So, but she just got it this week. Finally, the drive came here. I had to drive to Arkansas. I called Louisiana to see if they have any. I called every single uh, Hobie authorized dealer in Texas. None of them had it. Oklahoma City, none of them have it. Finally, I got in touch with Ozark Mountain Trading Company, I think it's called, up in, um, I think it's not Little Rock. Conway, I think it is, just above Little Rock. They says, yeah, we have one. It's almost a six-hour drive. I'm like, I'll go pick it up tomorrow. <laughs> I picked a car up. And I was like, I'm not waiting for this anymore because they still haven't gotten any. I mean, that was in the beginning of March, and we're up to – almost the end of April and no, nobody has a PA 360 within, you know, a six hour drive. Wow. Crazy. That's crazy. I know we've had a couple here locally, like top, like a couple times music city outdoors, but, uh, yeah, they seem to go pretty quick. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I'm just thinking about selling, but no, go ahead. No, then I just got the hole from the Outbacks. I'm thinking, I'm going I talked to the guys over there. He says, well, I already got the 360, but I mean, I'll take the hole. He says, dude, you can sell that. He says, right now, the way things are going, and Chad Hoover posted a video on it, how the prices on on kayaks are going to go up because of the resin or whatever. People smarter than me know more about this than me. But what I've heard, and actually Crescent Kayaks announced they're going up 20%. So I was like, that's one of the reasons why I was like, no, I'll drive six hours to get it because I'm not going to wait till they jacked up the prices. Again, I was like, no, I'll get it now. So I may just sell, sell the the Outback. Just like, man, I can sell it almost for the – It's the hull is brand new. Yeah. hasn't been yeah, used. I've, I can probably sell it for what it's worth. Well, right now, kayaks are – I mean, the ones that are in short supply like that, you can sell them for pretty much what they cost brand new. Yeah. Just people that just want them. They'll uh, save the taxes. Now, like, they want to wait. Yeah. Yeah. A five thousand dollar kayak. How much is taxes on it? I don't, I don't uh, know. It depends but on where you live. I know it's about yeah. Taxes two three hundred dollars. Uh, more than that here. Uh, yeah, taxes. exactly. So it's like you said, somebody. Hey, you don't have to pay the taxes. You just save yourself three hundred dollars, <laughs> right. depending on where you live. So here in Tennessee, sales tax is nine point something, basically ten percent. So I lost you guys. Five. Can you hear me? Yep, you still there? I see y'all. Yeah, I can see you. Armando? Yeah, I lost you guys, but I'm back. Yeah, okay. no, I'm back. Okay. Y'all, y'all went black there for a second. I was like, what? Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, here in Tennessee, man, sales tax is like nine point something, basically 10%. So five, really? 5,000. Yeah, that's 500 bucks. 500, right there. yeah. Yeah. So that's a good little chunk of change. Yep. Yep. That just inspired me even more to not go buy a Hobie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny story about it is my wife was like, well, you know, how much is going to cost you? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I sell the Hobie, I was doing the math while I'm answering the question. Well, I, sell, I get the Hobie haul here. I can sell it for 2500 
and the PA365000. So I was like, um, yeah, 2,500. She's like, oh, okay, that's not bad. Like, okay. <laughs> and then we had a conversation like a week later and it slipped out. It's just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 5,000, I thought you said it was 2,500. I was like, no, no, no. That's because I'm selling the other kayak. So that kind of saved me from getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, do, you, do you trailer it or? Do you, no, that's I would, the biggest I mean, thing. You've just been lugging it around? Yeah, I mean, with the I have a Honda Ridgeline, which I love, and I get I live in Texas, so I get shamed for it a lot. Why don't you get a man's it's, truck? Yeah, why don't you get a man? That's not a real truck. I'm like, and if you ever drive, I love my Honda Ridgeline. I love it. It's great for kayak put, fishing. You can't put bullhorns on the front of a hot Honda Ridgeline, okay? No, you can't. You got to get a bigger. But I never truck. like. I hey, I get twenty three. I get when I because I do long drives for lakes. I like to go to country lakes. I don't like to not that the lakes around here in the city in Dallas Fort Worth are nice. You know, Jopal Lake is nice, Grapevine Lake is nice, uh, Eagle Mountain Lake, which blew up in in the KBF Trail on Saturday. That's a great lake, and they're all like thirty minute drive. But I like to go like Lake Fork, um, Lake Athens, uh, Ray Rob Ray Roberts. So those are more like one hour, two hour drives. So I'm in the highway. I get twenty three miles per gallon on that truck. Yeah, and, it's, <laughs> and it and it's a and, and and the truck flies, man. That truck. I thought I was gonna get like a little truck, like the not hitting on anyone that has one, but the Nissan Xterra, or which I hate that truck. I tried to drive that once on on a rental. I was like, damn, I hate this truck. But the Honda Richland, man, that thing flies. No, no, the SUV. No, the the pickup, the the Frontier, the Frontier, yeah. No, the Xterra yeah, is nice. Small, you're right. You're right. No, the Frontier. That yeah. pickup sucks. That's the worst pickup out there. Man, <laughs> Sorry if anybody has one. I'm just saying. <laughs> now the the bed is tiny on those, so as far yeah. as that goes, and yeah, but not too bad. But anyways, my point is, I bought the the Jackie Ma T bar for the because this is oh, obviously okay. a lot longer than the Outback um, that I had, which is twelve feet down, is four, well, 13, 13 feet and eight inches. So I bought the. So no, I really don't. I mean, I figured, hey, if Christian Fisher is doing it, like, I, I'm not going to I ever outfish Christian Fisher. I'll give her that. But come on, man. If she can load that <laughs> that with a motor and all those powers in her. And I've seen her because I, I, I met with her. I saw her at the boat ramp on the KBF trails on Saturday. And I, I was very polite because, you know, nowadays, you know, it's not like when I grew up, you know, when your mom always says you you open the doors to a woman, you get up. you Nowadays, you know, we live in an era now where that's kind of different now. So I went up to her. I was talking to her and I told her, hey, not asking you because you're a woman and, you know, you can't do it. I'm sure you could because I've seen your videos, but do you need any help with your, you know, loading that thing on? That's, I know it's a big. And she's like, no, I think I got it. So I was like. Man, I feel like a wimp now trying to get a trailer. <laughs> you see Christian Fisher haul that thing with a motor and all those batteries in her pickup truck. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Now, but the investment of a trailer is what I don't, and it limits you where you can go too, kind of. Right. So I think I'm just sticking with the T-bar on the Yakima. Well, at, uh, if I had somewhere to store trailer, I would, I'd probably. That's the other thing. Yeah, but it, you know, I I actually had one. I got somebody sold me a, like it was actually a boat trailer. You know, it had the suspension on it and all that. Like, and I was gonna set it up nice. Sold it to me for fifty bucks. You can't beat that. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. 
and like there was nothing really wrong with it other than you know uh the wiring was a little messed up on the lights so just had to fix that which ain't a huge deal but uh yeah but i just i had nowhere to put it so but the, my problem is, I'm going to call Danny Romero, and I'm going to order the best freaking trailer that he makes, <laughs> and I'm going to spend $5,000 where I don't need to. That's, that's why I'm not going to buy him a loan. Trailer, are yeah, you, you kidding me? Gonna, that's how I'm going to stop. Yeah, I know. Everybody's going to think, like, this guy must be an awesome man fishy. Look at all the stuff that he has. No, I suck. I just like, <laughs> I just like all the cool stuff. I like looking cool. I just suck. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, those trailers are nice, man. In on the water innovations, damn, Danny Romero is doing something awesome there. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, I got a friend request from a page called On the Water Innovations on Facebook, and I don't know if it's not a fake. So, yeah, we might have to go over that later because I I don't know if it's real or fake. It, I don't know the way it's kind of wrote looks like a fake. I maybe maybe it's Danny Rom maybe Danny Romero. Danny Romero is his name, right? No, it's Romero, right? I don't know. I'm hoping I'm not making an idiot myself. I think it's Danny Romero. Maybe he's trying to, you know, sponsor your show and give you a, a trailer. You hey, know. that'd be great. I yeah, don't know how to put it, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about getting a storage, and I thought, well, because my wife wants to go kayak fishing once on Wintley Lake here, because she's seen my videos of me fishing on Wintley Lake, and she says, oh, that's beautiful. So I'm thinking, if I take her on, on the Hobie Outback, we get on the water. She's gonna tell me keep the kayak, don't sell it. Then I'm then I'm gonna have to get a trailer. So we'll see. Hey guys, you see? Uh, I got, I got my got my new Jigmaster performance shirt. You know, you're not gonna uh, give that one away. No, I, I lost my last one. <laughs> you lost it. That's yeah. interesting phrasing there, sir. How did you lose? I'm assuming some <laughs> Jim Bean was. <laughs> I lost my shirt um, at, when we uh, I hope you didn't lose more than that and, only his dignity uh, uh, I, I lost I my dinner I, I did lose my dinner but uh yeah so he finally got him back in, in stock I got me a new one he's got some more in stock so y'all need to pick those up they're pretty nice Nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got I, I gotta help I gotta help our boy out. Okay. Nah, he's a great great Jigsaw, by the way. He's a good guy. Yep. Yeah, I, I, finally, I finally got some of those uh you know I won't I won't throw a jig on the river. Just because of uh man, why can I never remember his name? He's one of the best river interviews we ever done. Ohio Ohio, uh, Brad. Oh, I know who you're talking uh, about. Brad Hicks. <laughs> That's it. No, Brad, Brad uh, he's the one that told me about the guy. I can never remember his name. We interviewed him. Oh, last uh, year. the one from my, uh, one, one, oh my God, 153 Bates? No, no. no. Matt Souders? No. It, no. No, it's a, it's an older gentleman. He, he's an older guy, yeah. Yeah, he, he kills it on the rivers up there in Ohio. I can't remember. Steve something? Uh, Steve Ballmer? Or no, uh, Steve. No, what is it? Crew. crew I'll find so, I, I, I know. Man, I'm horrible. Now, now it's going to eat at me. But anyways, ever since he you said. You remember self-recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve I Kumar. remember 
Steve Coomer. There we go. There you go. Uh, I need to get that tattooed on my hand. That way, it's like, oh, what's his name? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know why I have such a I heard that mouse clicking. I heard you. I know you look for it, Sean. You heard the mouse clicking. I, you didn't remember it. <laughs> no, no, but, no. Uh, for sure. <laughs> anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. My bad. You know, he was talking about how, from his experience, the river smallmouth, um, <clears throat> the big smallmouth tend to avoid big crawdad imitations. Like thinking that, you know, he, I, he guessed maybe they just they'd learn, hey, those things can hurt, but they'll eat the smaller crawdad imitations. So I won't throw like a jig on the river, but those, I, I finally got some of those finesse jigs and, you know, it's going to be a smaller presentation. I'm going to throw that on the river. I want to see what I can get on it. Have you tried, you know what works here? Like there's a few lakes that have um, smallmouth. Grape, Lake Grapevine is one of them. And that little uh, Z-Man brush hogs, the that that's really good. The, the, I think it's a three and a half inch man. Those they'll they love it. I've used those, and I usually do it either net rig and if it's because I know a lot of for some of the areas that I fish, it's very rocky bottom. So what I do is that I'll put a little split shot weight in it, give it like six to twelve inches, um, depending how deep it is, and uh, and because it's semen, it floats. So that thing I just kind of like Carolina rig it on a light mm -hmm. setup with a split shot. And that little brush hog will stay like suspended. Oh man, those smallmouth bass will eat it up. They'll eat mm. it up. Really good. So check, try those one, man. I know I got a friend here from um, from Texas who loves fishing at Grapevine. Um, Mike, he he's always slain slay um, smallmouth bass with that little baby brush hogs. Not baby brush hogs. It's just I think it's just called hogs. Or hogs. Like that from yeah. yeah, hogs with a Z. Because it's semen. Okay. And you say you just like Texas rig that with a switch shot above it, a, a bit on the line? Are you saying a net rig or if oh, uh, okay. a net rig or if, uh, yeah, or if, 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 if it's too rocky bottom and my net rig is getting snagged, then I'll do a little split shot. Because if it gets snagged, the split shot will just come dislodge and I can still keep my bait. But yeah, then Texas rig it. And man, I'm telling you, they eat it up because it just gets suspended, you know. They love it. It's funny. I was just talking to a guy uh, that I met out on the river about fishing uh, Helgramite, you know, imitations. And oh, he yeah. was saying he does it the same way with a, with just a little split shot up the line a bit. And then he Texas rigs it if he doesn't fish it on a jig. And I was like, hmm, I never, I, I've, you know, tried it on a jig before, but I never tr thought about trying it like on a split shot. Oh, rig. it's I mean, money. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to try it now. That's, I mean, it reminds me of the Zulu rig. I just started I, after Brad and, uh, Josh interviewed that dude from. Uh, oh, I, I, oh, we're gonna have another name. I can't remember. Uh, um, <clears throat> Quantico Mike. Uh, How did you remember that one? <laughs> quit, actually, I had a, a, another <laughs> one. On okay, I was like, wow, I would not remember that one. Quantico Mike is the guy's name, and he was talking about the Zulu rig, which is basically uh, a fluke style bait on a, a worm hook with um, just a barrel swivel right about six inches or 12 inches above it so that barrel swivel works a lot like i think a split shot would it's just a little extra weight yeah. to pull it down so uh, yeah i just do the split try that yeah i just do the split shot because it's just easy if it gets it gets <laughs> like i said it's usually i use it on creeks uh there's a little creek over here not a lot of people know it here in texas 
not gonna say the spot, but there's a little creek where there's some smallmouth bass in there. And it's very rare to find that in a urban creek here in Texas. But the problem is it's kind of like man-made dam on the creek, like, and the bottom of it is just like pieces of just metal and rebar and all that. So I need something that I won't lose the bait in case, you know, the split shot will just come dislodge and that's it. That's why I do a split shot. But yeah, you can do a barrel swig. Gotcha. But that yeah. definitely is something I want to try because, uh, yeah, I, I snag a lot in the river and drives me crazy. Oh, yeah. I've, speaking of the river, I found a new spot on Duck River that I want to try. Uh, oh. Me and my dad just so happened to go over it the other day, and it, it looks pretty juicy. The only thing is one particular area, you go over a bridge, I look down, I was like, man, it looks nice down there. Well, the closest boat ramp to it, I didn't got online and did all the <clears> research. <throat> There's a boat ramp about just, just under two miles uh, up river. So I could put in there, flow down there, but then you got a little over a mile, you got a low head dam. It looks like there might be a spot where you could drag your kayak out at the low head dam and take out right there, but I'm not 100% sure, so I need to go check that out, and uh, maybe on like a calmer day where current ain't too bad, maybe I could do that with safely, but uh, yeah, I, w- I want to check that out. It looked pretty, it looked pretty juicy. You know, Sometimes I'll, it I'll, pays to explore places like that. Oh, yeah, heck I, yeah. To be honest, I actually had intentions of getting up this morning and going out to that boat ramp and just, you know, fishing because it didn't look like, like, I believe that it's, you know, it's a wider and I think a little bit deeper than parts that I generally fish. So I was going to go, yeah, it's a little slower. So I was going to go check that out, maybe paddle up river and float back down a little bit or something like that. But I woke up and I was like, no, I'm getting lazy <laughs> about that, and I don't need to be because Sean has taken the lead in the most fish over 12 inches caught in 2021, and I don't I don't like being being behind, so I need to quit being lazy and get out. Speaking of, you know, those big fish, I caught a nice 18 uh, 18 and a quarter nice. finale yesterday. That was. I'm going to guess. I didn't have a scale, but I'm going to guess three pounds. Here we go. Here we go. We just talked about this, Sean. (laughs) I I, I can send you pictures of the length and the – it was a tall fish. Like, it didn't even fit inside my bump board, you know. It was overlapping the edges, so it was – If it's 18 inches, yeah. What was your guess? I would guess three and a half, like. Oh. Yeah, three three and a half. If it's it's a – like a football size fish. I, I don't know. You sent it to me, but I guess I didn't look at it real well. But uh, I caught a, what was it, 18 and three quarter, I think, uh, not too long ago. And it it was three, I believe. Okay. So yours is like the, half inch shorter. So, yeah. If, if it was like a fatter fish, yeah, I, I could see it doing that easy. Just glad you didn't say gonna have 10 to, pound smallmouth. No, no, I knew it wasn't a 10 pound. When I when I first jumped, I was like, oh, I got my 20 inch smallmouth. But then when I got it in, uh, mm. I was like, oh, it's shorter than I thought. But when I saw it, oh, jump it's a smallmouth? Yep. Uh, 18 inch smallmouth. Nice, man. 
Yeah, it, it was it was a good fight too. It was fun. Yeah, that would definitely be three three and a half pounds. I would think on a small mouth. Yeah, hold on, I might be able to. Uh, you guys keep talking. I'll find a picture and I'll put it up here. Well, going back to what you were saying, Ryan, what that's going to like places where you couldn't reach. That's one of the things that got me into the Hobie PA three sixty system, and it was at Lake Fork when I was. And ironically. It's Lake Fork, the top two, Nate Gloria and the guy that came out second place. And I do apologize. I had him on my podcast. I forgot his name. But they both uh, rep uh, Outbacks. So it goes to show, and no motors. It goes to show you, you don't need a PA 360 to win a, a, an event like uh, Bassmasters at Lake Fork and win $9,000 like Nate Gloria did. And again, second place was also a guy with a Hobie Outback. Uh, you know, with no motor on it. So you really don't need to spend. So I, but ironically, I was fishing that event and there were just places which just a hassle to get to because I knew there were spawning bass just like deep in creeks. And I just had a hard time just taking the rods out. So I, I take like eight, seven, six to eight rods when I'm fishing a tournament. So just having him on the back and just can't tell you how many rods I've broken, how many times I had to replace the leader line because the, like it got the rod got stuck on a branch or something. So I was like, I need, I want, I want that flexibility to go where I, you know, makes it easier to me to get to my spots. And not only the 360, but having the rods on the side to me is a big difference. The first time that I was able to get, uh, to use the Hobie, the uh, PA 360 was pre fishing for the, um, uh, KBF Trail One at um, at Eagle Mountain Lake, and it just made fishing so much easier because I was going deep into creeks, where if I would have had my outback, there was just no way I would have been able. To, I mean, I could have, but I would constantly have to keep my take my rods down and put them back up, and take my rods and put them back up because it was just low hanging branches and trees everywhere. So that to me was like, yeah, that that that's why I wanted to go to the PA 360. And again, you don't need it. Like I said, Nick Gloria and guy came up at second place at the Bassmaster. They were all on outbacks with no motors. So, well, to to that point, that's why I have this. Y'all can see my screen, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. See, to that point, this is what I wanted to show you. Okay, you know, this is a local event season opener here locally for kbftn we got this, this just happened this weekend we got russ in first we got joshua sharp who is the one that won his way into the 10 house back in january yep. we got adam rise angler yeah i mean this top three that's that's loaded man but <laughs> you see russ here all right everybody knows russ is a is a good fisherman Who's that guy? Is he good? Yeah. <laughs> but, but let me let me show y'all something here. Do y'all see a pedal drive in this boat? Nope. What what is he doing? Oh, wait a minute. Is he on Hobie now, right? Yeah, he he has one. <laughs> yeah, he won one, right? Uh, what did he win? No, he didn't. No, win. he didn't. No, he didn't win. No. remember Drew? No, he didn't. Oh, that's right. Drew Gregory won it. Right. That's right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is this this uh this club does not allow motors. There's no pedal drive. This guy was paddling and caught ninety nine inches and whooped everybody this weekend. You know, I wanted to 
not to take away what you were. No, don't close that one. Oh, yeah, that one. Um, not to take away from, not to steal your thunder, what I meant to say. Somebody posted on the KBN page. <laughs> Somebody posted on the KBN page a few months ago about if, you know, if Russ Snyder, if you take all those things away, not Russ Snyder, he'll say if you take a professional kayak angler and you take him all those stuff away, you know, all the uh, bells and whistles, would he still be a great angler? And my thought on that, and I didn't get to comment because I know how it can go sometimes on that page. I, I love reading it, but I have to be careful when I comment. Um, my point to that is if you take, and I thought if you take Russ Snyder, right, you take Russ Snyder and you put him bare to, to the bone, you know, you give Russ Snyder the, uh, I don't know, uh, an Ascend 12T, uh, the cheapest, you know, uh, fish find that you can find, no motor, and just fishing with, again, Quantum or Sepco, whatever, would he still be a great angler? And my point is, is like, if you're going to put that Russ Snyder, and I'm going to use him Russ Snyder because he's the best out there, or arguably the best, um, with, now you take Russ Snyder and you give him a PA360 and a spot lock and a live scope. Who's going to win? Well, obviously, the Russ Snyder that has all the bells and whistles. But that other Russ Snyder, the bare to the bones Russ Snyder with the 12T, will still, will still land in the money on any tournament against anyone. That's the, yeah. That, that the was knowledge, my point. The knowledge is one of the biggest yeah. things you could have in this. And it's something you can't really buy. I mean, you can pay for seminars or whatever. So yeah. in that sense, yeah, but... Your gear helps, but you get still got to have the knowledge. Yeah, you because in the same sense, if you take somebody, you know, somebody that places, you know, twentieth out of you know twenty five thirty anglers every time, and give them all of that stuff, is that gonna put them in the money? Then I don't think so. Like it might help them a little bit. But I don't think that's going to be enough to push them to the point to where they are like winning or placing in the money, like because they don't I'll have the you, knowledge. That I think equipment, especially when you come to kayak, I don't know live scopes. I've never done live scope, and I, I've done like I like doing offshore fishing. I love it because you usually get big bass. I don't get them. That's usually why I don't get that much fish because I don't care who you are. You know, offshore fishing is just harder than than inshore fishing or bank beating. It's just harder. Yeah. It, you know, unless you're talking about, you know, extreme weather, like extreme hot on summer or extreme cold on winter, then obviously offshore bite is what's going to be going on. But my point, I, I'm getting sidetracked here, but my point is when I moved to the PA 360, one of the questions, and I'll do a video on it on on YouTube. I'll, I'll I either I either do it on my own YouTube channel or I'll I'll do it on the on the paddle and fin. But I want to make a video about not just a PA three sixty, but upgrading. Like, because not everybody can upgrade to a PA three sixty, but you can upgrade like me. I upgraded from the twelve T to the Hobie Outback, and it, this applies to any type of upgrade that you do on your kayak. It's not that it's gonna make you, or the question is, will it make you a better angler? <laughs> And you would think, what, what would you say, Ryan, if I tell you a better kayak is going to make you a better angler? 
Would you say uh, yes or no? I'm kind of in the gray area that, to an extent, yeah, it it, it okay. can help you. It, you can it can be a little bit of an exactly. advantage. What about you, Sean? I would say for sure, because uh, I mean, like just, when I upgraded from, uh, I went from a Jackson Coosa HD to my Outback, and I know I cover so much more water, and that in just that fact alone makes me a better angler because exactly I'm getting to spots I never would have got to before. And and a lot of people would say, oh, it's not going to make you a better angler. And I said, well, you got to pause up that that answer because if you're talking about, is it going to give you more knowledge? Because kayak fishing or fishing in general, it's more than anything about knowledge. To me, it's ninety percent knowledge, ten percent skills. What I mean by that is knowing what to use. No, not just knowledge in fishing, but knowledge of the body of water that you're fishing. What works? What doesn't work? You can be the most athletic, you know, kayak angler out there, you can paddle or pedal faster than anybody. You can cast further than anybody. That's great. But if you don't know what baits you use, what works or what doesn't work, then it's not good. I say it's like 90% um, knowledge and like 10%, and this is just making up numbers, but just get an idea, and like 10% skills. There are some skills that you need to, that you need to have to be in the elite level. And I'll bring up the... Uh, Christine Fisher. You've seen Christine Fisher how every year, and this applies to Guillermo uh, Gonzalez as well, and I mentioned that on my last podcast with Matt Scott. You see those two now really investing time in tournament fishing, like going into as much tournaments as they can, either locally and nationally, and you can see the fruits of their labor. You know, they're giving Russ Snyder, Jody Quinn a run for their money. Christine Fisher, I think it's second or third right now on KBF Trail. Guillermo Gonzalez is constantly either in – he used to be always in the top 10. Now he's usually in the top five. Not every tournament, but he's constantly out there. And the thing about it is, is that knowledge. But when you see like Christine Fisher, and he mentioned it on her video when she fished at Lake Fork, she was doing this skipping cast. And granted, I'm, it's edited. There are times, I'm sure, where she got hung up and there's times where she backlashed and stuff like that. That happens to everybody. But that ability, and she mentioned it, only like on that tournament, only like four or five anglers were able to do the cast that she was doing. And that got her. Didn't win her because at the end of the day, Nick Gloria found the spot where he didn't have to cast. And I don't know if Nick Gloria can do those keeping like Christine Fisher does. I don't know. But he didn't have to because he was a different spot where it was, you know, it was he found the juice. But the way that Christian Fisher was constantly just going deep, deep into those brush and pulling fish out of there, that's why I say that 10% skill comes in. Because now you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you can't make that cast to get those big fish spawning, then – and I can tell you from experience, I fished that tournament – and pre-fishing, I saw two beds, and I couldn't for the life of me get that bait where I wanted to. It was like the bass was just like right in a little like pocket where if I put like if I try to put it in front of him or on top of him, he would the he would just you know leave. It would just get spooked. So I had to find a way to put it up past it and bring it across, but there was really no way because it was in a pocket. So I was like, how am I going to do it? By the time uh, tournament day came up, I had practiced enough that I was like, okay, I think I got a game plan on how I'm going to catch this pass. And I did. I went the next day. I caught it. Now, I, get, I didn't degrade in the tournament, but I got that bass that was watching, you know, spawning 
the day before. And it took me a while to just like practice that cast. So there, that's that element. Now, going back to the, to the, and again, any upgrade you do on a kayak, if you're going from a 12T to a native, if you're going from a native to a hobby, if you're going from whatever you, whatever the upgrade is, it opens doors for you. And in that aspect, it's not going to make you smarter. It may not necessarily automatically, as soon as you get on, give you more skills to cast because that's, you, you don't learn that doesn't, not depending on your on your kayak, although a, a kayak that's more stable is probably going to help you. But what it will do is open the doors for things that you couldn't do. And from my in my um, uh, experience or in limited experience with a 360, I'm able to reach spots that would have been a hassle to get to because I couldn't, you know, my rods were just standing up at the back of my kayak. So I'm able to fish the type of fishing that I want to do that I feel comfortable doing now because I can reach those spots and I can navigate on them with the 360 drive where I can just turn on itself and not have to like lose time but back and forth, back and forth, like the ever given somewhere in Egypt channel, you know, it's <laughs> that 360 drive, you just turn on a dime. And that opens also the fact that a lot of times when you are fishing in those, um, skinny waters you are going to cast into branches and trees that are you know long hanging and if you want on a car if you're like uh, any any kayak out there it's not the 360 drive it's kind of like a hassle because you have to like you know go around like make a u-turn where you're in your hobby pa360 all you do is you point the the rudder you know the the steering to where your bait is and your kayak is going to move that way you don't have to go all around. You don't have to wait till it turns. You just point it to where you want to go, and it just beelines in, and there you go. It, what would have taken me like 10 minutes to get my lure back, now it takes me like two minutes to get my lure back. So that means, God, that could have been four or five casts that I would have been done by now that I couldn't because I spent too much time. So in that aspect, I think, and not just the 360, any upgrade that you do on a kayak, that is going to allow you to do something your current kayak doesn't allow you to do or makes it harder for you to do, that's going to make you a better angler. Now, is that worth the investment? That's up to everyone. If, you're, if your budget doesn't allow you or get that kayak without having to finance it, then I don't think it's worth it. I personally don't think it's worth it. I have to pay interest on top of, you know, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 on a kayak. That to me is not worth it. But if you have that, if you have that, you know, financial flexibility, you can get it, then that may be worth it. Also, what, what type of waters are you fishing? You really need a, a 360 drive to where you're fishing. If you're fishing open waters, if you're fishing really skinny waters, like, you know, like I see over here, um, Ibarela, Man Ibarela does here in, in Guadalupe River, where it's a lot of spots you're dragging your kayak, then no, a, 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 a kayak that's going to weigh you like 150, pounds to drag over logs is not worth you know and that aspect no the hobby 360 is not worth the money if that's the type of water that you're fishing so it's really depends on what you're fishing and and how much you can afford to fish and the other thing is is the and i don't know this yet because i'm new at the uh, at the hobby th uh, 360 but is the equipment gonna stand the test of time if that thing is if my hobby outback is gonna break up every month then it's not worth it. And I can't tell you, anybody that tells you, oh, it's not going to break, have you used it for a year? 
Because if you haven't, then you BSing me. You know, I can't just say, oh, it's worth it because it doesn't break. I don't it it's working great right now, but I've only used it for a month. So it's to me, that's the three main aspects. Can you afford it? Does it apply to the body of waters that you're fishing? And is it gonna be durable for the type of fishing that you're gonna do? And if and in that aspect, it can make you a better angler. Or it can put you on the fast track to make to make you a better angler as well. I know I went on a tangent right there. <laughs> and, and I was gonna say, I think a lot of it has to do with com- comfortability with your gear. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you're newer to the to the PA three sixty, but you've had a Hobie, so you kind of got the feel of a Hobie. Somebody like like me going from a bicycle style pedal drive to a Hobie. I'd be a little uncomfortable at first because I've never done the whole motion to go. I don't think that's that big of a deal. I think it's if if you do like the 180 well, where you have to like pull the cord and do reverse, then that takes a yeah, little well, bit. Well, that too. Like, And I, I wouldn't really be comfortable. With it. It's just like, you know, if you hand me one of your rods, it's probably going to feel weird in my hand mm-hmm. because I'm used to my rods. I'm not comfortable with it. If you get... If you're used to a little short knit and you buy a long knit, you know, you're not going to be real comfortable. Once you get comfortable with your gear, yep. I think that's going to help you be better. Like just having that comfort to be able know what you need to do, know where everything's at, know how this piece of gear's like how this rod's going to handle or yep. how your kayak's going to start turning whenever you do something. You know, that kind of stuff is what I feel like is really going to ha- I mean, you look at Russ Snyder's, you know, he got on on the team and got a Hobie, but said, you know, I'm not going to immediately start doing tournaments in this Hobie because I'm used to doing it in my other kayak. And, you know, I don't want to screw up because, you know, I don't like because I'm not comfortable in that kayak yet. <clears throat> So you know he finished the tournaments, and that might be why he used it in a, a tournament this weekend. He might still not be fully comfortable in it. I, I'm not sure what the deal is with that, but I'm just taking a wild guess about that. But I know that towards the end of last season, he said he was going to finish out the season in his normal kayak because that's what he was comfortable in and knew. I'll tell you what, though, on uh, Hobie BOS, which Kind of like the 360, that's when it's really going to shine. Because any other tournament that you have the spot log, you have the guys with the spot log and everything on the Tokido, then the PA360, that 360, as far as competition goes, it kind of, you know, uh, nullifies itself. Because now it's not the PA360, become the 360 drive kind of becomes obsolete when you're going up against a guy that has like a spot log. Essentially, does the same thing without actually having to pedal. Now, th- there's still some advantage to the PA360, but where it's really going to shine is in the Hobie BOS. I'll tell you what: when Russ Snyder gets comfortable enough to start using his 360 drive on a Hobie BOS, where everybody is going to have to be using man, there's no motors. It's going to be a hard out, man. <laughs> that guy's going to be in the money all the time, <laughs> all the time. I mean, he's in the money no. all the time, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, not always. I mean, it's funny. Like you think about it, it's not always like the P and the Lake Fork. I don't think he was, actually. 
Um, he still it's, did great, but it's like, rare that he's not in yeah, the money. Nah, it's like, rare yeah. that he's not in the money. But uh, and maybe he was, but if he was, he barely just got in the money. Um, but yeah, the the um, the that when that guy figures it out, on you know where he feels comfortable, watch out, Hobie Bos, because that's where it's really gonna shine, you know. And depend also what type of fishing he does, you know. Right, right, and and I think uh, we were talking. Who was I? Forget what the guest was we had on Ryan. That he was saying he's not going to use electronics this year, and and he just knows. Do you remember that? And I was oh, just like, familiar. I can't even imagine. And I, I kept thinking, I'm like, man, if I, and like on the river, when I'm on the Susquehanna, I don't usually use my electronics, A, because it's so shallow that you yeah. know, it, it doesn't really help me that much. But um, just to have enough comfort to know that you can find fish without having to rely on that, you know, to me, it, it's all in confidence. And if, if you're, you know, your kayak or your, gear gives you confidence then that's to me is what makes the difference you know if you can go out and confidently say you know this kayak helps me feel confident that i'm going to catch more fish whether you're covering more area to find more fish or you know uh it's allowing you to do or like you said being able to cast someplace where 90 percent of the other anglers can't cast you're going to obviously catch more fish because you're getting to fish that other anglers never even approach so if it gives you confidence, then I think that's where the game changer yeah. is. Yeah, that's the it, X factor too. Sometimes the <laughs> equipment's going to give you confidence. And one more thing I want to add is look at Drew Gregory. You know, went out and got Hobie uh, Angler of the Year in a $1,000 paddle kayak, no electronics, uh, you know. But was, Drew Gregory is like, he's he's a beast, man. And I mean that as a compliment. Like that guy's inst- fishing instinct is amazing. Well, I'm just plus going he back does a to ton what, of homework too. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going back to what you were saying. That's another thing that like separates a a skilled angler from a novice angler is doing the homework and knowing how to do the homework, like mm-hmm. knowing what to look for. That, that's, that's what I was saying earlier. You know, you were saying, you know, like take Drew Gregory. Okay, let's take him out of that crescent kayak and put him in, I don't know, a, a Pelican and give him $100 combos. And then let's take uh, somebody out there that isn't quite as great of angler that's fishing in that, in that Pelican and $100 combos and give him Drew Gregory's setup. I still think Drew Gregory is going to win. Like, just because yeah. his knowledge. You know, that's some but, stuff might be more comfortable, but are, are more, they might give you a little bit of an advantage. But if you don't know what to do with that advantage, I don't. Yeah. And I got uh, one quick thing about Drew Gregory. On his uh, Hooked on Wild Waters podcast, if you go back a few, he does break down how he does his homework. So if you're ever interested in hearing him, hearing him do that he did take an episode um not too long ago and he actually went through his process what what websites and apps he uses to break down water and you know what he looks for so um i, definitely listen to that one, yeah. I didn't know Drew Gregory hosted that podcast hooked off the water hooked on wild waters hooked, hooked yeah. on wild water yeah i didn't yeah. know he was oh, yeah 
you're not supposed to refer people to other podcasts. <laughs> you're supposed to bring him onto this podcast to do it again. So oh, we, we have we Duke Gregory all the time here. <laughs> we have we haven't had him all yet. the time. We haven't had him yet. You I've talked had to him Duke before. No, I, no, I've talked to him before. On... I was going to bring him on, and then other stuff came up and just haven't done it yet. We'll have him on. I feel like he's, every week we have a, an episode with Drew Gregory <laughs> in one of our channels. It's funny. Somebody said the other day, we need somebody who want to get Drew Gregory. You thought about getting somebody else other than Drew Gregory? <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's, he's, very, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge. I didn't know he hosted that. Yeah, that, Kim, uh, Kim, Kim Morris. Kim Morris, yeah. Cool. I have to listen to more of it of that podcast. There are really are they really active on it? Like a lot of episodes. Yeah, the, it, it, it's, it's hit or miss. Kind of tournament recap, but every once uh, in a while he has one that he really you know gets into the juice and really gives out some good yeah. stuff. So. And, and, and and they don't have like a set like like weekly episode or anything. Or, or yeah, yeah. Been able to listen to podcasts in a while, so I'm not sure how they've been doing recently. But generally, it's like when they have something to talk about, they record it and put it out. So. You might get one every week for a couple of weeks and then might be three or four weeks between that and the next one or something like that. But there, there definitely is some good info on them. Uh, yeah, they are. I've li- I haven't listened to it quite a while. But you know, that's one of those podcasts where you don't hear like you don't hear about a lot about it in social media. Like I've never heard of Hook on Wild Waters other than I doing research when I started looking for podcasts and I stumbled onto KBN and Paddle and Finn and I've stumbled onto Jack Legion and um, uh, Hooked on Wild Waters. But when you talk about social media, I, I, we do we try to do the best we can in social media. So I know Paddle and Finn is out there in social media. I know KBN is out there in social media, but I've never seen a social media post on either on Hooked on Wild Waters. So it's kind of like more for the people that are like the in crowd, I guess. <laughs> Well, let me show you my uh, smiley real quick. We'll see what you. Oh do. yeah, you were searching for that. I think the way it is. Uh, let's see, share screen, and I will do. I know you wanted to share it. Then this guy posts up pictures of Russ Snyder's catch, and you're like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I don't have all to right. show them. Ah, that's that's a three pounder. You think? Yeah, I, I think so. Whoop. Dude, that that thing is fat. Plus, it's a smallmouth bass. They're more muscle than than I think the largemouth bass. Yeah, I, I I wish I'm gonna have to start. I have a scale. I just don't ever put it in my in my kayak, so I'm gonna have to start carrying it. So that's like an eighteen and a quarter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. So I didn't squeeze yeah, the tail on that one, but on the yeah, the I saw picture that. where I squeezed the tail, it was eighteen and a quarter. So yeah, yeah, that's a nice one, man. That's definitely gonna be a three and a half. What do you think, Ryan? I I don't. I can't really judge smallmouth too much because I haven't caught that many of them. I haven't caught that I'm many. Being jealous. No, being <laughs> be jealous. No, he. I've He's seen just his, his his large mouth <laughs> so trumps my TV. Oh, that one. Mouth. That was like what twenty four inches, Ryan. Which one did you? Call? Was it uh, last 23, year? Twenty three. Twenty three. It's back yeah. in December. I was jealous of that one. I was like, man, I thought I had the biggest bass on paddle and fin, but not not after that one. That was a nice That's- fish. I, I was jealous of my, I would have been jealous of myself on that one because that's a uh, nice one, man. Dude, it was so heavy. But see, I didn't get a weight on it. That's a prime example. I don't that weight him right anymore. There. Well, I didn't get a weight on it, and I posted it online, and I said, "What do y'all think it weighs?" Showed how. Yeah, I remember that. That's the way to go. Yeah. Now and 
we knew it was going to be around eight pounds, but you know, I didn't say it because we didn't get a a actual measurement on it. But it, it was interesting seeing what other people said. You know, it went anywhere from five pounds to like ten or eleven pounds. So it, it's interesting seeing what every, how everybody else translates that. No, it's for sure. I, I and again, I maybe I don't know what a a five pound fish feels like, but I mean, I I've caught a 40, 42 inch striper that I know what that <laughs> felt like. So um, I don't what, know how much that thing weighed. Large mouth, uh, just over twenty, like twenty and a quarter, I think. That uh, wasn't that wasn't over five pounds. I I wouldn't say it was, but I don't know. I, I always think of a five-pound bag of sugar. That's kind of what I think of when I think of did the fish weigh as much as a five-pound bag of sugar, you know? Hmm. And mm. You're also holding so it I'm, differently. I mean, I guess if you took the five-pound bag of sugar and, like, held it by the little it, or coated it at the top. And, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I, stopped, I, I, I stopped waiting my fish. And I when I started fishing, I started bank fishing. I was in Lake Grapevine, and I caught – I caught, it must have been a, a female uh, um, spawned out because she was skinny. But I I started, I didn't have a meshing board. I had a weight scale and the weight scale said three pounds. And I was so disappointed because that <laughs> thing, I'm sure I, I'll show you the pictures. I don't have them here. Otherwise, I would share them. I have them on my phone. But that had to be 24, wow. 24 inches or something. It, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get the fish no matter how far I put my hand away. I couldn't get the fish on the frame. It was an obscenely huge bass, and it only weighed three pounds. But it was skinny. It was paper thin. And it must have been a female because that was like, you know, kind of late spring. So it must have been a late spawning bass, and she must have got spawned out. But, I mean, that that thing was like, it was huge, just a huge, humongous bass. And my personal best, was in Ray Roberts. That was 22, 22 and a quarter, 22 and three quarters. I'm going to say 22 and a quarter just because I don't want to exaggerate. But it was more than 22 inches. And I still I don't think that fish was that even that close to the one I caught in Grapevine. But again, that's when I – that was like four years ago, and that's when I just started bass fishing. So I didn't have – I just had to wait. So after that, I was like, yeah, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm just going to do the <laughs> length. It's kind of like I get disappointed every time I do the weight. Well, to be honest, the length is really the more uh, like the fish ain't gonna get shorter. It's, it's like yeah, I'm not gonna get taller or shorter, but I can get fatter, fatter or skinnier. Yeah. So, like the length is more determining factor, I guess, on the size of the fish and weight is gonna depend on time of the year, how well it's feeding, you know, how much it's got to compete with other fish to get food and all that kind of stuff yeah i agree yeah yeah guys we're uh about an hour and 13 minutes in so. <laughs> real sean quick before we leave we shut up I, sean yeah I, I just have to give a quick <laughs> shout out some local friends of mine started their own making their own baits um they go the name of their uh their uh company if you will is bait ace it's b-a-i-t dash ace a-c-e they're on facebook um, they gave me a bunch. Um, this is the, the Senkos that they gave me. So um, this is their grass color. I don't, they haven't named it yet, but they're they're looking for a, oops, they're looking for a name for that color. 
They gave me a bunch of Senkos as well, or uh, uh, like Green Pumpkin kind of Senkos. So I have caught... Oh, you'll be wacky rigging those. Yep, yep, absolutely. I have actually caught um, uh, a few bass on Lake Redmond on the uh, 6, and then they also gave me some fluke-style ones as well. So you should name that um, like Lime, Lime Crush or something like that. <laughs> well, uh, if, if, you lime crush. if you go on their site, I'm pretty sure you can uh, uh, submit a name, and I think it, they said that uh, if you uh, if they pick your name, they'll they'll hook you up. So uh, uh, screw it. I, I, I already said it out loud, and somebody else yeah, somebody's gonna it. steal it yeah. well, this, edit this part out sean edit this part out <laughs> this don't air till tomorrow so you better do it tonight yep yeah yep. hop on real tonight. quick so but yeah so i wanted to just thank them for uh you know shoot uh, let me try out their baits and uh, i told them i'd give a shout out so there it is go check them out on facebook uh i think they're on a couple other social medias as well but um bait dash ace yeah, well, as long as we're doing shout outs, shout out to Douglas Rods. I was going to say, sorry, my yeah. podcast. Hey, man. this isn't your segment. Okay? <laughs> hey, I, 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 you, every, hey, every time you bring a guest, you tell them, you know, tell us your shout out, your, you know, do your shameless plug. So here I am. Here you go. And Douglas, you're going to put it logo. on the screen. Logo. What, what, what Douglas Rod, Bass Kayak and Beers. All right, we got to get this guy by Douglas Rod right now. Like, <laughs> he took over. <laughs> but no, I appreciate you, uh, you coming. In on here and you know, coming talking with us stuff. I feel like man, we it was a fun. good debate there and everything. Yeah, it's fun, man. I like having this like just talking. It's great to talk about you know our each of our segments uh, subject matter, but it's also fun just to talk fishing and throw it out there. Absolutely. Maybe people think it'll stupid, stupid or not, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's just fun to me. Oh, they'll listen or they won't. You know, like I'll check the algorithms. I'll see how many <laughs> listeners you have. If we have more than six hundred, then I'll start charging for this. No, okay. I, 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 I don't. I don't know. I think they're gonna see like, oh, Armando's on that one. We gotta. We gotta hear this. Yeah. I got nothing smart to say, man. <laughs> I'm all BS. Uh. Alrighty, guys. Well, Armando, thanks again. Um, appreciate you coming on. Um, everybody, this has been the Bass Fishing for Noob segment of the Paddle and Pin Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks for tuning in. Later, y'all. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.